Hello and welcome to the Grapeseed Official Podcast. We have a guest on today's deep dive, something we haven't done since Matthew joined us back on Podcast 41 on Classroom Management. Today we welcome back Bruno Stefano, who did one of the early Grapeseed Friends episodes, number 33. So check that out if you haven't heard it yet. He has a great sense of humor. So welcome to the podcast, Bruno. Uh, hey, Adam. Uh, glad to be here. And uh, yeah, what are we talking about today? Today's topic is something a lot of schools have to deal with, getting new teachers settled into their school. Of course, when teachers are hired, they receive grapeseed training, but there is a lot more that teachers will need to do at their own schools to get ready to be effective teaching grapeseed. Bruno is a many-year veteran who has helped many new teachers settle into his school, so I invited him back on to share some of his advice with us. If you're a veteran teacher, hopefully you can take away some ideas to help the next new teacher at your school be ready to be effective as they start their new role. As always, any of these ideas are things to take back and talk with your school management about. In many cases, schools have training paths or policies already in place to help prepare new teachers. The ideas presented here are to think about and consider adding. So Bruno, I hear you're in the process of this right now. How has it been going and what have you found that has been helpful? Well, uh, so far, um, you know, as with any new teacher, it's a process, especially with new teachers who don't have a lot of experience. So I always try to, with first, uh, many teachers have uh, strengths and weaknesses. First, I like to, you know, focus on their strengths because that helps them gain confidence. Uh, That's very important. And then also, uh, conversely, focus on their weaknesses to make them a better teacher. So, for example, like um, if a teacher is good at singing songs or, you know, classroom management, uh, I would really tell them they're doing a good job with that. And then on the other end, if they're having problems with, you know, carrying out objectives in a certain song, uh, poem or whatever, we can also focus on that instead. So you need a balance. It can't always just be like, (laughs) this is all very good. Yay. Or (laughs) conversely. It'd be like, you're not doing a good job. So it needs to be, it needs to be a, a, a mix of both. Also, like uh, being straightforward and honest with the new teacher. Um, don't, I don't like to mince words. I like to get to the point. You see what a lot of people, they do the, like the, they call it the, I think it's called like the, the compliment sandwich. Thing. The compliment sandwich. I mostly prefer like an open face sandwich. So it's more <laughs> like a compliment and a criticism because it's just, you know, I know it's coming. We're all adults here. So let's just um, get to the point. It's also good to be clear with your goals. Just tell them what is expected. Mm -hmm. Being realistic with their existing goals, uh, with their existing skills, and your knowledge of the new teacher. For example, if they are a new, new, new teacher, then you have to take a different approach as opposed to someone who has lots of experience, then maybe you're going to adjust how you onboard that new teacher. Mm-hmm. And onboarding too, may I say, I'd never heard this word before um, until you contacted me, <laughs> but thank you. Um, <laughs> and I think I went over this. You, you got to give encouragement when needed and criticism when needed. And also not just giving criticism and encouragement, but listening to the new teacher, because sometimes um, you can learn new stuff from a new teacher and also they may tell you something that maybe you're doing wrong. You know, maybe your approach is not exactly the best approach. So you have you have to be open to criticism yourself. And also you need to be flexible. 
because every school has their own philosophy and preferred classroom management and teaching techniques. So some schools, for example, their classroom management is, oh, let's, let's all have fun. Things are a bit wild and go with it. Whereas other schools, it's, they're more strict. They want a more like uh, traditional kind of classroom setting. So you need to work within those parameters. Yes. Did I, I think I covered what I wanted to say. What, what do you think, Adam? No, it's totally great. That last one's really important because talking with your school, if they're not clear with you when you're hired, understanding what the school's philosophy is and which where they are on that spectrum as you're talking about. And if you're another teacher at the school trying to help that new teacher understand where they are, if they seem to be a little bit confused as to where they fall on, does the school really want strict classroom management or a little bit more loose? Just knowing where that is and helping new teachers figure that out. Yes, yes. And you know, I think as having worked at my school for 13 years now, but also talking to other teachers at grapeseed seminars and, and whatnot. Um, you, you see that, yeah, a lot of schools have very different uh, philosophies. So it's, that's definitely important. Mm. So, mm. What is something that hasn't been as helpful onboarding new teachers? Oh, I do. <laughs> I do lots of things that aren't helpful. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, oh, maybe. Who knows? Um, so one thing as, as uh, someone who's been teaching for a long time is often you'll compare yourself to the new teacher. No, compare the new teacher to yourself. So you think, why is this person not doing how it's supposed to be done? Or why aren't they managing that classroom how it's supposed to be done? I can walk in there and do it just like that. Easy, no problem. Um, so you have to, some people just have very little experience. Um, so you just need to understand that and not make that be your expectations. And these things take time. Also, don't give too much feedback at once. That's, because <laughs> I, I, if you just uh, do this, this was good, this was not good, this is good, this is not good. These are things that these days I like to give one piece a day. Just, all right, today, yesterday's class was very good, but uh, your seating arrangement could work better. Or, oh, two days ago, uh, you sang that song very nicely. Keep it up. And not just with feedback, with goals. Um, so just give each day, just give a new goal. Or every two days, just not to overwhelm somebody. Because if you get into a classroom, you're new. And you're like, okay, the veteran teacher told me to do this, 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 this. And you're trying to implement it all at once. It'll probably just turn into a hot mess. So instead, <laughs> just one at a time. And yeah, don't get annoyed. It's hard to sometimes. <laughs> um, I, I'll be the first to admit I can get annoyed sometimes with new teachers. Uh, but keep in mind that uh, they may be new to this. And so therefore, just uh, be patient. So yeah. Those, those, some of those things are, are not helpful. Uh, so, yeah. I like that second point you made there of giving too much feedback at once. I've also found this to be pretty true that trying to reduce the amount of even positive feedback, just trying to give one or two things at a time that gives the, the listener more clarity on what to focus on. 
like you were saying, if you give them a list of six or seven things, both good and bad, that you noticed in the class, then it's hard to prioritize if you're new what needs to be fixed or what they can do to be better in the next lesson. Whereas if you boil it down to one overall thing that you give them each day, kind of like you're saying, then that, that's a lot more tangible, a lot more easy to focus on for new teachers. So I, I like that, that piece of advice, especially. Yeah, yeah, you have to kind of treat it like a triage situation where, all right, what is the most important thing? And do that first. Mm, and then, absolutely. And then slowly whittle it down to the least important things. And then hopefully by then, you know, things start to take care of themselves. Yeah, watching classes, I would usually ask myself, what's the biggest thing holding this class back from success? And then trying to prioritize from there. So if it's, yeah. for example, if, if the new teacher is, if they're not pointing to the words on every page of the big book, but then also the classroom management's a big issue. Well, the classroom management's a bit more of the bigger problem than pointing to every single word on the, the big book. So day one, your advice might be to focus on tightening up that classroom management, and then you'll get to the pointing to the big book issue later on once you tighten up the bigger issues. Oh, classroom management to me is the number one concern because if you can get your classroom managed well and everybody on board and you're mixing in positive and positive reinforcement and also being strict at the same time and you can get your class into that zone, then the teaching part takes care of itself. If you know all the objectives and all the songs and the stories and what you want to do, those classroom management is so important. Uh, I cannot stress that enough. And so, yeah, that's that's actually one thing I I I, I focus on a lot. So, yes, your point <laughs> and, is very good, Adam. Um, and, and, and that's that's so important and impactful coming from fellow teachers at a school because in Grapeseed, like in Grapeseed Essentials or in other videos on the portal, we have we have a basic classroom management and advanced classroom management video. But like we talked about at the top of this podcast, so much of what individual teachers at, at schools do has to be connected to the school's overall philosophy on classroom yeah. management. So yeah. having another teacher at the school, like you, for example, who's been there a long time, like, okay, this is how we do things at this school. Let me give you some tips and tricks. Or I taught this kid last year. I remember that they have this particular issue or this really gets them focused. So here's my advice, like that kind of, that advice, those tips and tricks coming from a fellow teacher at a school, helping the new teacher will be so much more impactful for them, I think. Uh, well, well said, you're very succinct. Uh, <laughs> very, <laughs> I like it. Perfect. Is there something new that you've been trying and how has that gone? Uh, not really. So, we, we, we just got a new teacher, and um, but before that, we'd had the same, uh, myself and two other teachers for the past seven years. And so we hadn't had to really try out new things, but I do like to focus on three main things. And these are things that can be done by anyone, things that can be learned, and things that are out of the control of the teacher, but can be worked on. So for example, things that... Uh, a teacher can do, anyone can do, are things like arriving on time, preparing your lessons, setting up your classroom, doing reports. These are things that anybody can do. 
Mm-hmm. So you don't, hopefully you don't have to address those uh, issues. If you do, well, that's, that's a different situation. Um, then there are things that can be learned. Things that are, oh, sorry. Things that can be learned, for example, are things like grapeseed materials, songs, stories, the teaching techniques from grapeseed videos, simple classroom management skills. So if you have a new teacher who's not that skilled at these things, of course, they don't know the grapeseed materials. And if they're willing to learn, then it's within their grasp. Yeah, those are those are things that are can be learned. Then there are things that I call out of control the teacher because maybe they don't have a natural affinity affinity for doing such a thing. So for example, um, if you have a teacher who they know all the classroom management techniques, they know all the songs and stories, they know all the objectives, all of this stuff, but they're just very wooden. Uh, It looks like they cannot have fun while teaching. All right. Sometimes that's just a personality trait. And you can work on that. You can totally work on that. And you can get it to a point where it it works. Or vice versa, you may have a teacher who's, you know, knows ever all the grapeseed materials, but it's just a bit too easy going in class and they're, you know, and no matter how hard you try, it, that may not go away, but you can work on it. Mm. I'm terrible at basketball. Uh, <laughs> now I can work on it, and I, 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 I can maybe make some shots eventually. I'll never be a Michael Jordan or anything like that, but I, I can get to a point where it's manageable. And I think, you know, that's that's also just being realistic about certain situations because not everybody can be everything, you know. So yeah. Those are the three points that I like to work on. I hope I hope that made sense. So practical uh, application, we're talking about, okay, there are things that you can just expect from everybody, like you said, showing up on time. Then there yeah. are things that can be learned if it takes a little bit of work, but anybody can really do it if they try. Yes. Um, things like, okay, point to the words in a big book. Yes. Anybody can do that. It might not be natural for you in the beginning, but you can get there. And then the other the other category that you're talking about is maybe things that take a lot of effort to learn that you might not ever be perfect at, but it might, it might take a lot of work, but you can improve yourself, but maybe not get there perfectly. Like your example, you were saying people who are a bit stiff and rigid, they might understand everything logically in their head, but when it comes time to actually teach the class in a fun and engaging way, it's difficult for them. So that'll take a lot of time. So as another teacher at that school, and you're when you're observing a new teacher, trying to help a new teacher, trying to kind of categorize their their troubles in one of these categories to give yourself understanding and patience in when you give them advice, okay, this is something I think this teacher can do if they try a little bit harder or ooh, this, this particular issue might take them a long time. So I'm going to set my expectations accordingly and not continually harp on it every day that they're struggling with something. <laughs> yeah. Well said, Adam. Honestly, I think I should just send you my notes and then <laughs> I'll interview you and you just end up saying it way better than I, <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. Well, well, that's, what that's was, exactly okay. what I wanted to say. 
Okay. No, that, that makes sense because it, it, everybody has their own skill set, right? So it can be really Absolutely. difficult for some people might be really comfortable in the classroom teaching, but they might not logically have all the grapeseed theory in their head that they learned from foundation training, whereas your example that you gave was opposite. So when you're setting expectations for those different kinds of teachers, it, it'll take different teachers different amounts of time to learn different skills. Yeah. And actually, you you bring up a good point right there that I wanted to bring up is that at first, when you start teaching grapeseed, it's hard to imagine imagine what what's the end goal here. Yeah. Because it takes time. You can't just you don't just go in, you teach family and friends a bunch of times and then ta-da, this kid is fluent in English. Yeah. These things, it's a uh, as, as as I've seen, it's called a spiral curriculum. I mm. prefer the typhoon. We can talk about the typhoon of English that you mentioned in your, <laughs> in your last. I podcast. had to work that in, Adam. I had to <laughs> it came back around. <laughs> typhoon of English. But sometimes it's hard to imagine that end goal because you'll spend so much time on each unit just doing the same songs and the same stories, uh, but then you once you start getting past a certain amount of, a certain number of units then you notice kids are really starting to get it and I, I'll, I'll give you a very good example uh the other day i was teaching a class it was uh we are on unit 12 and um i was telling a story and embarrassingly so i had a little hole in my sock and <laughs> a little a boy, well, no, no, it wasn't unit 12. It was unit seven. And a little boy, he's, 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 he's uh, I guess you'd call it K5 or Nencho, as we say. And he comes up to me and goes, Bruno, your sock is open. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't know the word for hole uh, because he hasn't learned that word, but he knows the word open. He knows the word sock and he knows the word your uh, and he put that all together and I looked out and I, I thought, I understand exactly what you're doing. Now, rewind three units before, I couldn't imagine you of saying that. Mm -hmm. But you just came up with that. Like, I didn't tell you to say that. You just came up and said that. And I thought that was, that was quite amazing. Um, and I think as you go through each unit, you see more and more of these these instances where kids will just shock you with the language that they know. And and I think that maybe is also a good point to emphasize new teachers to be like, when you when you see these moments, remind yourself, oh, this works. It takes mm -hmm. time, but it works. So yeah. Yeah, because sorry. putting putting yourself in the shoes of a new teacher, you're when you go to foundation training or you're taking grapeseed essentials, you see there's so many technical things that you have to focus on. Okay, I point to the pictures on stories, but I point to the words on poems and I have to follow this lesson plan. So in your mind, when you're a new teacher going through this process, you're focusing on each individual step and not really mm. seeing the, the forest. You're just seeing each individual tree, right? Mm. But then over time, as that as the processes become a bit more natural and you're just doing them unconsciously then you, or subconsciously, you can then start broadening your view of what you're seeing beyond just where do I point? What's the next question I have to ask? Yeah. What's the next material on the list? Great. I agree with you. <laughs> also, yeah. 
holes in your socks. I think that was something that came back around from your last podcast as well. Uh, probably, probably. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, my my wife would be she, she'd be scandalized if I knew if she knew I'd been talking about holes in my socks. <laughs> but you know, the kids like it, and it's it's um it's the uh, whole um uh what's the term you guys use at Grape the Seed? Whole, uh, yeah, effective filter. Yeah, there we go. It's lowering the effective filter. Makes the kids feel more. <laughs> there we go. We'll have to add that to. We'll have to add that to the the trading videos of. Maybe this. I do it on purpose. Who knows? <laughs> there, there's yeah. student motivation. There's self confidence, and there's anxiety as factors. And then also the is the teacher wearing so- holes in their socks or not? There we go. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Next question here: Are there particular videos on the portal that you point new teachers to? Okay, so to be honest. I, I'm a pretty busy man at school, so I don't have much time to look at the portal videos until recently. Um, I was talking to, uh, my coach, Nathan Kim, and, um, he pointed me because I wanted to recommend some videos for the new teacher. Mm -hmm. And so he pointed me in the direction of some of the G200 and G400 series. Mm -hmm. And I had a look at them. And then I recommended them uh, to our most recent uh, teacher. Um, and also, um, this podcast yeah. is also good for a different perspective. Because some of you, you guys have guests from all over the world sometimes. And it's, it's very interesting to hear the different perspectives of these, um, these different teachers and other such people from around the world. And actually, and I'll give a shout out to Matthew Stridham. Because the episode you guys did about classroom management was was excellent. Um, Thank you. That that was that was fantastic. I listened to the whole thing and I'm just nodding my head, going, "These these, these guys know." Uh, so <laughs> it was awesome. And that's another podcast I, I recommended to uh, our our current new teacher, and I, I also recommended it to the other teachers as well. Um, and also, there's a, this guy named Miklos. Um, kind <laughs> of time he tends to give some good advice. Uh, you know, talks a lot, but you know, I love the guy. And, <laughs> and, um, so yeah, I think, I think that's it. If you have time, watch the videos. I wish I had time. I, I don't. Uh, so, but if you do people watch the videos, they're, they're, they're well put together and, uh, I would recommend them to you. Yeah, so for per, for full context here, Bruno and Miklos used to work together at the same school in, in another lifetime back That's in the day. Right. I even went to his wedding. So Yeah, exactly. It's not like Bruno has a personal vendetta on Miklos or anything like <laughs> no, that. No, I love the guy. He, he, <laughs> I love him. Uh, so. <laughs> and also the, uh, the series that Bruno specifically recommended, they're in the Grapeseed Materials and Effective Teaching Examples course on the portal. The G200s are the Progression Series, and the G400s are the Classroom Snapshots, which are overall looks at just effective teaching being done. You can see with the G400, the Classroom Snapshots, you can see multiple materials being taught back to back to back. So you can get a, a feel for how teachers will deal with transitions and just moving in between materials while keeping classroom management. So those are great for new teachers and really any teacher in Grapeseed. Yeah. And also I mentioned Matthew Stratum too, because he was our trainer for a period of time, uh, quite a long time ago. Another lifetime again. Yes. And he was a great trainer too. So 
you know, it was great to hear him on that episode as well because he he knows what he's talking about. So lots of shout outs on this podcast. Got to do it, man. Got to do it. <laughs> do you have teacher meetings periodically at your school? And what are those like? We do. Yeah. Now, I would like to do more, but all our schedules, we all basically have lessons at the same time. And then we have periods in between classes, which most of the time we're just using to get ready for the next class. Um, so, but we do set up, I, uh, I try to have one every two weeks if I can, but mostly we have informal meetings where, you know, we see each other in the morning and we just start talking about certain things Then we'll exchange ideas and we bounce things off each other. And after that, I mean, that's basically how quote unquote, our meetings kind of take place. And then we have meetings with the boss and we go over more general things at the school, like events and so on and so forth. But if you're a school that has time, you need these moments to touch base, bounce ideas off each other, uh, especially for new teachers, see how they're doing, these kind of things. So yes, if you have time, people do it. I think once a week is good, but if you don't, just take it whenever you can. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, that's because, you know, I'm teaching about five and a half hours of lessons a day in an eight hour workday. So it's a lot that's, of prep. It doesn't leave a lot of time for meetings. It doesn't. It doesn't. So uh, we have to be very efficient with our time. So when we do have these moments, we definitely take them. So, yeah. Great. Yeah. Let's end here with this last question. So in your role at your school, you're more of the head teacher, but for other teachers at a school, how can they help a new colleague? So yeah, I'm, yeah, I guess I am the head teacher. It's kind of, you know, informal, but I don't actually have any authoritative power, but, uh, but like you're the de facto for yeah, yeah, exactly. and long I veteran status. Yeah, exactly. And so I help everyone out, of course. Um, so if you are a head teacher, yeah, help them out. Listen to what I said before. And I'm sure if you're a head teacher and you got lots of experience, you have other great methods of doing these things. So, of course. Now, if you're not a head teacher, but would like to support and help a new teacher, just offer them advice when needed. Uh, be honest with them if they're doing something incorrectly, but do it in a in a kind and helpful way. Don't be a jerk about things. <laughs> uh, you know, because it's it's easy to just point out people's um, inadequacies hmm. uh, and you can come off sounding unkind. So just remember how you, you phrase things, even if it's just offering passing advice about something. Hmm. Um, also, also, just check, on, check in on them. Ask them how they're doing offer help whenever they need to. Like, for example, if you are between classes and they're setting up a, a lesson, maybe help them set out their chairs for them, help them uh, put up some songs and stories on the board, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, also be available to them when possible. So oftentimes when I come in the morning and I see the new teacher and even, you know, the other teachers, I'll just say, all right, uh, if you need me, I'm in my room. Uh, so anytime, that kind of thing. Also, if you have a new teacher, they may be coming from a different part of the country or even another country altogether. So they may not know anyone. 
they might be there by themselves. So this is not mandatory, but, you know, be kind, bring them to a local place to eat, drink, blow off kind of steam, um, because it's hard to meet new people. When you come to a new place, you don't, you don't know where to go. And so just that kind of thing. Now, this is, these are all optional things, of course, and you don't need to become best friends with these people, but these are little things that will help people adjust to being a new teacher. Absolutely. Uh, That last piece of advice is very solid. Just, just acquainting people with their new surroundings, because if we feel just as humans in general, if we feel completely alone and isolated from everyone, then just by definition, we don't have any ties to anything around us. So we're more likely just to leave or quit or find something else. Whereas if you take a little bit of effort and say, okay, hey, uh, welcome to our city. It's nice that you're here. Let me, this Friday, let me let me take you to my favorite restaurant. We'll, we'll have something to eat. Um, I'll introduce you to a couple other people in the town. And these are the kind of places I go. Like you said, you don't have to be best friends necessarily, but it's nice to make that effort to reach out to somebody, to show them other connections they can make in their community, especially if they're a foreign teacher or they're from somewhere else. Oh, absolutely. When I I first came here and I didn't know anybody, I, I arrived in town and I was working for a different company altogether, but the head teacher at this particular school, he met me at the train station. Now he didn't have to do this, Mm -hmm. but he did. And uh, he brought me to my apartment, made sure I settled in. And then he brought me out for dinner um, with uh, a bunch of people that he knew in town. And that that was really nice. And some of those people are still my friends. I also got to eat some food I never thought I would ever eat. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, but that was really nice. That was really nice. And so I've tried doing that with other new teachers and other new people because it's just, you know, it's not easy to go somewhere on your own. So, you know, we're all humans. So excellent. There's mm. a lot of great advice there to help new teachers get settled in and just advice for other teachers at schools to help new teachers as they as they get settled so thanks so much for joining us on the podcast again bruno it's always a pleasure adam i'd i'd love to come on again i you know if you can set it up with me and me close that that would be even that is that'd be you might you might not get any airtime though the way uh <laughs> and, and keep talking so uh <laughs> well, we'll, we'll have to find a topic like uh holes in your socks where you can be the expert and we'll we'll have to listen to you or old movies that no one has ever seen before. <laughs> oh no, that that's that's to be close to. I will I will be able to talk at that point, which which the listeners of the podcast might appreciate for a change. Not listening. Exactly. To exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's been a pleasure, Adam. As always, anytime. I would love to do it again. Or uh, Joanne, teacher at my school. He's he's he would be a great guest as well if you ever feel like having him on. So. Um, anyway, There's another, another shout out to end the podcast. A lot of shameless self-promotion going on <laughs> so, uh, or other people promotion. So, anyways. All right, everybody. As always, everyone, thank you for listening and good luck in the classroom. Goodbye, my friends. Goodbye. I'm sad to say goodbye. 
It was a good day, but now I will say goodbye, my friends, goodbye. Goodbye, everyone.